You're listening to Heart Food Podcast, episode 78 with Shirin Eskandani. Welcome to Heart Food Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Pardo, nutritional therapy practitioner and private chef. This is a show that tells you the truth about food, nutrition, movement, mental health, mindfulness, and body image, all with a hefty dose of real talk. This show will inspire you, change your mindset, and help you feel more confident and comfortable in your own skin inside and out. To find the show notes for each episode and to sign up for my weekly newsletter, visit ashleypardo.com. Find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Ashley K. Pardo. Find me on YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel at Ashley Pardo. If you have a question to be answered on this podcast, please email it to heartfoodpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode today. I am so excited to have my friend Sharin on the show. Sharin is a life coach and an opera singer. Um, Such an interesting and cool combination. She tells her story in this podcast, and we talk about and dive into so many things that you all tell me you struggle with. So we talk about self-sabotage, we talk about growth, discomfort, differentiating the voices that we listen to in our minds. It was just such a wonderful conversation about the human experience and I felt very just like validated and seen after this conversation because I think that sometimes we make things very complicated and we are really hard on ourselves. But if we just take the time to celebrate ourselves and know that we are okay as is and that we can experience joy in any moment, those things can be paramount in the world. And also a side note, which we do talk about in the episode as well, if we go out and live out um, our joy and we live out the emotions that we want to feel, the things that sometimes we're disappointed by. For example, if we think that something is going to give us a certain feeling or a certain outcome and we strive to get it and then we do it and we sort of feel empty Um, so common, you all know that I've gone through that so many times, Um, then we can go ahead, like this is a little bit harder, but we can feel that emotion first so those things can be attracted to us. We don't have to wait to feel any emotion, including joy or happiness or peace. We can manufacture those feelings inside of ourselves at any moment, um, which is why I just really loved this conversation and I hope that you all enjoy it as well. Sharin is available for coaching, life coaching. So she has a program open right now. Um, It's a six-month coaching package that she has, and it's going to be the last opportunity of the year to work with her. So all of the information for that is in the show notes. Um, You can find her on Instagram at wholeheartedcoaching, and her website is wholehearted-coaching.com. But definitely send her a note if you know, this resonates with you and you're interested in connecting with her. She is just such a lovely person. And I am so grateful that she came on the show and so glad to share this episode with you. So let's just get to it. Thank you so much for being on the show today with me, Sharon. I am so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. And I'm so excited to have you too. Um, and I've known about you for a long time, just sort of following you on Instagram. And we met in person this past September at uh, Jill Coleman's uh, business retreat, which was really fun. Um, didn't get to talk to you as much as I wanted to, which is always the case, right? Um, yeah. But I always start out with a big question and um, it sort of lets the podcast go into whatever direction uh, it flows into. But Let the audience know what you do and how you got to where you are. So I am a coach, a public speaker, and a writer. 
And I have a pretty interesting origin story. So uh, I currently live in Brooklyn, New York, and I've been living in New York for about 14 years now. And I moved here 14 years ago to pursue my childhood dream of becoming an opera singer. Um, ever since I was really young, I used to sing. I come from a super musical family. And singing was always my first love. And it was where I felt the most free and the most alive. It was where I was the most happy and joyful. And so I just pursued my passion, right? And that's what you hear all the time, like, pursue your passion, go for it. And I was like, this sounds like a great idea. So um, I moved to New York and all of that joy and that freedom and all of that kind of slowly went away. And of course, at the time, I didn't know that it's all looking back, but I got here into this really kind of competitive environment. I'm already a pretty competitive person. I'm already a bit of a perfectionist. And all of those things went into like overdrive. And I say I got into what I call the mindless hustle, which is I got here and I was in constant doing and proving and striving mode. And, um, it was exhausting. It was really, really exhausting. And in the process, of course, I didn't realize it. I was getting burnt out. And I was not just getting burnt out, but on top of it, I was losing the love for my passion, mm. um, which is like, right? It's like, it sucks. It's a double wound, right? Not yes. only are you burnt out, but the one thing that used to make you feel like free and not so stressed out is the source of your stress. And so um, in 2016, my childhood dream came true. Um, I'd always wanted to sing at the Metropolitan Opera. And my agent called me and he said, Sharin, the Metropolitan Opera wants you to sing in Carmen at the Met next season. This was like literally like verbatim my dream come true, right? Like I believe in manifestation. I didn't then, but I mm -hmm. really manifested this. Um, and, you know, this moment that I dreamed of as a young girl that I thought would be like so happy and joyful, this moment that I dreamed of as a young woman in my 20s where I thought, if you ever get this job, you'll know you're good enough. I got the job and I didn't feel any of those feelings. So common in right? so many different ways. I've been right. through that with so many things. Like, oh, it'll right. just be the next thing. That'll yes. be the thing. Yes. Right. And I know this to be true. Like, I'm not alone. Of course, at the time I thought I was, but like now working as a coach, it's like 100% of my clients, they think, you know, uh, whether it's a job, whether it's a certain weight, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a move across the country, whatever that is. Um, I realized in that moment that no external circumstance was ever going to make me feel the way that I wanted to feel. And that was all on me. And it was how I was perceiving my life. It was how I was treating myself. It was how I was living my life. And I wasn't living my life very kindly towards myself. And so um, I had a year and a half to prepare for this job. In opera, you're given kind of a long time frame to do that. And I knew in that year and a half, I didn't like I, I had to focus not just on the music, but on my, myself, because I wanted to go on that stage and I wanted to be that six-year-old girl who dreamed of this opportunity. I wanted it to feel that way. Um, and so I started, you know, doing um, research and mindfulness and mindset, which I loved. And I had done years of therapy. I love therapy. I recommend it to everyone. Um, but for me at that time, I needed coaching. And so I didn't know, of course, what coaching was, but I was just so lost that I, you know, I was like, oh, all right, let's, let's try this thing. Let's see what happens. And it, it totally shifted everything because what I love about coaching, uh, at least the type of coaching that I practice is coaching is goal oriented. And, and, you know, that's why people come to us because they have a goal, mm -hmm. but I believe that you cannot reach a goal or you can't sustain or enjoy a goal if you're not doing the internal work along the way. Right? Yes. Well, you miss out on like this whole big other part that nobody talks about. Yes, exactly. And so, so that is what I worked on is like what's going on inside, what's going on internally. And uh, to this day, I say my greatest achievement in life isn't singing at the Met, but it's singing at the Met and enjoying every every day, every part of the process, including the days where I failed, you know, including the days where I didn't do so well. Um, that to me was really a testament to this work. And I fell in love with coaching and I was like, this is what I really want to be doing. And uh, yeah, so that's kind of how I, I got here. Yeah. 
I love that. And I relate to so many different parts of that story. I sort of, and I, I want to get into this a little bit later, because uh, I think it's a whole other discussion, this whole like passion with the jobs, because people have seen me now uh, for seven years following my passion. I had a private chef business for a long time that I'm slowly getting out of, but that's sort of, I don't want to say it ruined cooking for me because I still love to cook, but it was definitely like baking 200 cupcakes is not as fun as making 12 of them, like really pretty. You know what I mean? Oh my gosh. It's sort of like completely tainted my entire experience of it. And I had to take a break. Like, you know, I tell my husband, like, I just can't cook today. Like I just can't do it. And it's, and it's totally fine. But I always tell people out there like who ask me, oh my God, what can I do? How can I follow my passion too? And I always tell them to be careful what they choose because you never know what might happen. Um, and at the same time, I've had so many moments of what you're talking about of really delaying your happiness because that, that's really what it is. It's yeah. really prolonging and delaying your happiness until something happens. So I had a lot of like body stuff. Uh, I got a master's degree. I was like, oh, I'll be happy when I get my master's. Yes. And then I walked across the stage, shook like the dean's hand and felt so empty just yeah. looking at my family in the audience. Like this was supposed to do it. Like I was getting those chills that like that you're having now. I was getting those as you, as you were talking too, because this is something that I try to talk about a lot because women come to me and the women that listen to the podcast come to me for perhaps, um, you know, feeling more comfortable in their bodies or getting to a certain goal and just feeling good within themselves um, on the inside. And they don't, at the beginning, they might not realize that there's a lot involved in this and that we, like I said, delay the things that, that we want to feel. So what are some ways that we can, if we're in that spot and we keep doing that delaying, uh, what are some ways that we can just begin to feel the things that we want to feel right now? Well, first it's like, it's the awareness, right? Like I didn't know that I was doing that. I just thought when I get this thing, I'm supposed to feel this way. And that, that didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And so for me, um, what I call this is the, if only mindset, the, if only trap where it's like, if only, um, I get this job, if only I lose 10 more pounds, if only I get this degree, you know, I'll be happy. I'll be worthy. And it's, it's literally becoming really really aware of what your if onlys are, right? Um, and sometimes it's if, it, like a constant one. If only I got a few more hours of sleep, right? If, right? Like this day would be so much more productive. It'd be so much better oh if only I got it, right? That's an oh my God, I do that. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. I didn't even realize that I do that. If only I yes. ate better. If only. Yes. yes. Oh, and wow. so yes. we get into this, like this, this trap in a loop and it's in it's, that's how our minds are geared. So I think the first thing is that awareness. Um, and, and then when it pops up, it's just really kind of acknowledging that there's a part of you that thinks, that thinks and believes, really believes that when this thing gets solved, everything will be okay. And I always say this to my clients where it's like, what's on the other side of your if onlys is just another set of if onlys, mm, right? So like, powerful. right. And I think yeah. like, you know, I work a lot with creatives and entrepreneurs and they think, well, you know, if only I had, you know, a couple thousand more dollars, you know, you get that money and then you're like, well, but if only I had like 10% more, then I could hire an assistant. And then let's say you hire an assistant and you're like, oh God, if only my assistant, and it's, it's just this endless loop. Yes. yes. Right. It's Relate really, to that. Yes. yes. And, and, and that's, first of all, that's just the human experience. We all do it. So it's like, one, it's releasing the judgment, but having the awareness of like, okay, right now, I really believe that once this happens, I will be happy, worthy, whatever that is. Right. And really the first question I always ask in mindset work that I think is so powerful is the statement, is this true? Mm, Is this true? Yes. Byron Katie. I love her so much. Byron Katie. Yes. Everyone should read her work. You can find her stuff online for free, but it's like, is this true? Um, and to a part of you, it really is true. And I think, you know, there's this idea of, because uh, I also do mindfulness work, which is acceptance. And I think acceptance is really powerful in these moments where it's like, 
you know, I, I struggled with the word acceptance because to me, it sounded like resignation. Mm. It sounded like complacency and giving up. Like, I'm just going to accept my life. Like, but acceptance is so powerful because it's not, it's not any of that. It's being present with your life in even the worst moments, but releasing the judgment around it. You know, like mm-hmm. releasing the judgment. Like you can just be like, yeah, I'm really tired right now. You know, it's, I'm really tired and this day probably is not going to go as planned. So how can I make it and whatever that is, how can I make this easier? How can I feel like I, this is a question I say, I t- tell my clients, like ask yourself at the beginning of the day, check in first with where you're at. Some days you wake up, you're hundred percent and you're like, okay, today I know I can do a lot. Some days you wake up and you're at 60%. And I ask, I say, ask yourself, how do I want, how do I want to feel today? Knowing where I'm at, right? How do I want to feel today? Um, and like, for instance, today, I just wanted to feel really present because things have been really crazy. And so, of course, I have my to-do list, but I kind of structure that around how I want to feel. Because I think a lot of the times we're so focused on what do I want to do? Yes. And I, yeah, I think the first question is, how do I want to feel? And then we can create the to-do list based off of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And that's the opposite of what we've been told, right? Like nobody yes. tells us this, like now as I've gone through life and I've gone through all of these things that you're talking about, which are so universal for people and women nowadays, like you're saying, especially entrepreneurs, yes. uh, especially sensitive women, mindful women um, who are like, they're, you know, they have this moment where they're like, there has to be something more than this, um, something deeper, something just more fulfilling. Um, which is so, you know, interesting that, you know, interesting and not interesting that, you know, that we go through this, but it's important. I really loved your definition of, of acceptance, uh, because I had that thought too, like, oh, if I accept, then that just means like, I'm not going to do anything. Right. Um, and taking a step back and realizing that like, you know, we actually have the power to like pause and examine our thoughts. Like that's allowed. Um, you know, and I really am passionate about the fact that like this stuff should be taught in schools, like from the time we are little, uh, we, we can really save ourselves so much. Um, something that I hear from my clients a lot, and even myself, I go through this is like, once we become aware of our thoughts, um, and we can really see what we're thinking. I got into the trap of saying, if only my negative thoughts stopped. Right. And right. I thought that like, if I, the people on the podcast have heard me talk about this, but like, if, if I did enough yoga, like if I just did two hours of yoga and like I did my meditation and then I like ate perfectly. I, I was going through like orthorexia at the time. I'm like, if I ate perfectly and if I just like do all of these things, this was like six years ago, then my negative thoughts are going to stop. And they yeah. never stopped. And right. that was just such another one of those big moments for me. So what can you tell us about that voice that, that we yeah. all have um, about its presence and its yes. universality in all of our lives? Yeah. I mean, so the thing with that voice and those voices is that they never go away, right? They like yes. never go away. Um, they're always going to be part of you because those voices, you develop them in order to survive some heavy stuff in your life, right? Like those voices have been protecting you. They have been carrying you this far. And so they're there for a really good reason. And Oftentimes also those voices aren't even ours. They're like, they're society's voices. They're conditioned voices. I always say that the first response or thought you have to something isn't really yours. It's a conditioned response, whether that conditioning came from personal experience or from the outside. Um, and, and when that thought pops up, it doesn't mean you're failing at the work. It just means that, you know, that's, there's that conditioning popping up again and I think for me, it's having that presence of mind knowing, okay, this is going to pop up, but the more that I do this work, I can change the volume, mm. right? I can change the volume and, I, and, and then I can choose the second or the third or the fourth thought after that, right? Like if mm-hmm. I, you know, it's, it's just, it's such a process and, it, and, it, and some days it's easier and some days it's more difficult, no matter how long you've been doing it but you do have the power to choose your thoughts, right? You don't have the power to like, whatever pops into your mind that you don't always have the power, right? Yeah. 
but you can choose your thoughts. And I also think when it comes to kind of this mindset work, especially when you first learn it, we go 180. So like, let's say for, you know, most of your life, you've been looking in the mirror thinking I'm fat, regardless of your weight, right? You can't go to the next day saying, I am the most beautiful person in the world, Mm, right? Like it's just, that is not, it's like literally telling someone who's never run to go do a marathon. Yes. Even though that is the common advice most of the time. It's like, just say, I love you. You know, I'm like, people can be so far away from that. And then that makes you just feel 10 times worse too. Yes. And so I always say is find a thought that you can have a kernel of belief in. And sometimes it's like, you know, if, if, if that is the issue that you're constantly saying negative things about your, your physical, um, outward, like appearance, you know, maybe the next day you say, you know, today I will look for proof of my beauty or today I'm committed to seeing my beauty. You know, things Mm -hmm. like that are little changes in the way we say those things. And then maybe three, six months, a year, two years, you can look in the mirror and say, I'm beautiful and really believe it. Yeah. But it's not going to happen the next day. That's for sure. Yes. And that goes along with change in general. Any, any sort of change, this just brings up such a great point uh, that, you know, I think all of us out there at some point might want to change something. The way we eat, if we move, the way we think, getting a new job, um, getting into a relationship or whatever it is, preparing yourself for that. Uh, and this was my process too. I think that's like, I think we all go through certain things and that's why we teach these things. Um, you know, as exemplified with our stories, but, um, people think, or are under the impression, I think that once we decide to change, it's like, okay, tomorrow, like I'm going to be, it's going to be like, I'm going to be a completely different person. Once I read this book, like it's that if only stuff getting in there again. So talk to us about that process of true and and real transformation. Cause in the work that we do, it isn't just about, you know, people maybe getting better in business or having a better body or something. It's like, uh, or just getting more in touch with themselves. It's about transformation that can happen on that deep level that, you know, coaching really provides. Yeah. So, I mean, what I really love about coaching is that it really asks you to, you know, when you set a goal, there's all these great feelings, right? All that like really wonderful chemicals like rush through you. And then all of a sudden there's the resistance, right? And so what coaching asks of you with the coaching that I practice is like, let's see what wisdom is underneath that resistance, mm-hmm. right? Like, let's see what's there. Let's see what it's trying to express to you because, you know, I work with so many people who have such incredible goals. And if you were to see their Instagram feeds or their businesses, you'd say, oh, this person is, she has no problems. She's doing the thing. Um, but then in our sessions, it's like, I'm doing the thing and yet I, I, I'm so hypercritical or it's not good enough or just all of these things. And so when we can really sit with the resistance, see what's happening there and really provide compassion and kindness to the parts of us that we like the least, when we can do that, which is so incredibly difficult then we can really do some amazing things in our lives and feel like we're doing amazing things, right? Mm -hmm. Because I think that's another trap we fall into is that we're all being these amazing beings living amazing lives, but we don't feel like we're doing any of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. We don't give ourselves credit for for any of that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I would love if also you could quickly uh, talk about the difference between coaching and therapy. Um, Yeah. And what, and, and sort of like what that difference is for, for people. Well, definitely the first thing is, is like training, right? Like therapists go to school for a very long time. Um, and their jurisdiction I think is, you know, a lot more with, um, mental health. And I think that therapy is something that everyone should kind of go to because therapy kind of allows you to unpack a lot of what happened in the past. Mm-hmm. And you just kind of, you're able to sift and sort through it with someone who is a professional. And um, if, if really heavy, scary stuff comes up, 
they're prepared to kind of help you uh, deal with those things. Um, now, some schools of therapy can do this, and some schools of therapy don't. But where the big difference is, is coaching is a lot more goal oriented. So a therapist, you know, it would be weird if they're like, all right, well, in two, if you want to get this done in two weeks, you know, you're going to put your website up, you know, it's more, yes. it's more about just really emotional. Yes. Yes. Um, which I think is, is really, really important. And a lot of my clients come to me, um, in, it's not hundred percent true, but many of them come to me after many years of therapy and they're like, okay, I get, I get why I do this. I get why I think this way. I know X, Y, and Z happened in my past, but now I want to know in my day to day, how can I still get the things I want to get done, done, you know, while still knowing that that's going to pop up. So it's a lot more action oriented while still honoring what happened in the past. Um, and still kind of looking at it, we're not sitting there. And I think with therapy, you sit there and I think sitting and analyzing and processing has its place and it's time. And I think it needs to be done, but, but there is a point where you're like, all right, now I want to get into action. And that's what coaching is. Mm, I love that. Yeah. Um, something that you mentioned um, before was that we can compare ourselves to people too. Yeah. When in actuality, we are all going through the same stuff, you know, the human experience, the, the things that we feel, the things that we think sometimes that we feel alone or isolated, like I'm the only one, like everyone else looks so perfect. Right. And for us, it's even hard to recognize sometimes the magnificence of our own lives, even if they make it, they do make us happy, but maybe they're simple or yeah. something. Um, so talk to us about what are some things that we can do to minimize that comparison, which is something natural that we do now? I think like it's just the way our brain works sometimes, especially with the resources that we have available today, like social media. Yes. Um, but that's something that I get a lot, especially because I work with uh, a lot of business clients and they say like somebody started at the same time as me and you know they're way further along or whatever, whatever it is. Ooh, the comparison trap is, is a really hard one. And, um, for sure, like I, I have moments with it and especially with social media, it's really hard. Um, and I know people say, well, you can't like, you never know what's happening behind the scenes. Someone's highlight reel, but it's still, you go on social media sometimes and you're like, I don't even care if this is this person's highlight reel, but their highlight reel is way better than mine. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. yeah, we'll, we'll go in any direction to like, Yes. You know, kind of make ourselves feel bad sometimes. Yes. So there's a couple things. Um, I was recently reading a really great article where, and I wish I could cite it, but the woman was saying that when we get into that mode of envy and jealousy and comparison, underneath that is actually grief and sadness. Mm. Right. And mm -hmm. so it's like recognizing that there's a part of me that's actually like really sad that I'm not at that point. Um, or there's a part of me that's really sad that, you know, I'm not at that weight. And I think, again, it's that thing of like sitting with the uncomfortable feelings. And I think a lot of the times we're trying to push against it. And I know it's like, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, if you're comparing, um, what's like, it's like, you know, if you're in comparison mode, that means you're not doing enough in your life. So like get, get, you know, get into action, yes, Make, yes. compensate for that. And like, yes, I think that's true to a certain degree. But I also think if we constantly feel like we have to be doing, like some of us are constantly comparing. So there's something inside you that's just like really needing some attention, you know? And I think also to recognize that comparison will pop up and that's okay to not judge yourself because in, in mindfulness, we call this the double arrow, which is like the first arrow is it really feels crappy to, to be in that state of comparison where you feel less than. So that's the first arrow, which is very painful. Mm -hmm. And instead of processing that, instead of processing that pain, you go into, oh my God, I'm like, I'm such a bad person. I can't believe I'm like comparing myself to this person. Like I should be bigger than this. And so that's the double arrow, which is like, you're, you're wounding yourself again. And it's, it's, it's like, okay, yes, sometimes comparison just pops up. But the third thing that I would really recommend too, it's a practice I do with my clients is, um, stop, pause and savor, mm. which is like, I tell them to set an alarm three times a day. When the alarm goes off, you stop whatever you're doing, you pause and you savor whatever is happening right then in that moment. Right. So if I like, you know, you're going through your day, we're constantly tumbling, fumbling towards the next thing. If I was to stop, pause, savor right now, I'd be like, holy crap, 
I am recording a podcast with Ashley, who I think is so incredible. I literally a year ago had made a manifestation. I put an intention out into the world that I want to do more podcasts. Here I am. Um, you know, I'm sitting in, it's like all of a sudden when you can just put perspective onto your own life and look at your own timeline, that I think is one of the greatest tools against comparison. And it's like, we have to be doing that stuff consistently Mm -hmm. because that, you know what I'm saying? It's not, it's like going to the gym, right? You can't go to the gym once a week and expect to be able to make the, the, the weights heavier and heavier week by week. You have to go in little short increments. And this is what this is like. Stop, pause, saver is the short increments. Yes. Um, yes. And I always, you know, another thing is like a lot of us wait until really big moments to celebrate. Oh yes. So you know, common. Oh, yeah. and I always say, if you're waiting until the big moment, you've already missed out. Oh, you've wow. missed out tons I'm of opportunities. So many ahas. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yes. But it's the human condition, right? Like we think, oh, once I get X amount of clients, once I, and it's like every day there is a really good reason to savor, to celebrate, to enjoy. And so it's really, it's really taking those moments to, to, to celebrate your own life. Yes. And you know, it's so funny because like when I think back on my life, like I think in the future, when we think of like really huge things, um, it's like, oh, I'll be, you know, that's going to be an amazing moment. And that's going to be amazing thing. Like when that happens, like in the future. But if I look back on my life, the happiest moments are like me sitting on the couch with my husband, with my dog, who's being stupid, you know what I mean? Just like being, yeah. Just, or wash, even like washing the dishes, just like having yeah. a moment of just like feeling really happy, like feeling the water and the sponge and like the warmth of, of all of that. Yes. Uh, so it does not have to be all of these things. Cause I spent so much time like striving and working hard and like, as if happiness and joy was something that I like had to earn and like pay for in like a painful right. way. Um, and I think sometimes like I do believe in discipline. I believe in like, you know, working hard and, and, even suffering sometimes like in the gym or Mm -hmm. like sometimes my meditation feels like suffering too, (laughs) you know, like, but little things like that, like little moments of suffering, I feel like are okay sometimes, like obviously in context. Um, But when I look back, those tiny moments, they were all free Mm -hmm. and they're all available to me at any moment. Like I can, like we can create those blips in our life just by like what you're saying, like stop, pause and savoring. Yeah. And it's simple. So it's like, I feel like sometimes we are just like searching and striving and looking when everything that we want is in front of us. And that can be this huge moment for us. Yes. Um, But we forget sometimes, like it's a constant process of like remembering, forgetting And then just continuing to come back, which I love that you're into mindfulness because like, that's what it is. Like you never get to a place where you're like super mindful. It's just like this or permanently mindful. It's just this practice of like coming back and coming back over and over and over. Constant practice of that. It's an, and it's the awareness that like no achievement person thing goal will ever make you feel the way that you want to feel. If if the feelings aren't along for the journey, then you won't find them on the yes. other side of that goal. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And that's something that, you know, I recently got married and I know you got married too. Yeah. Um, so congrats. Uh, you too. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you. But, um, you know, that was something for me since I have been doing this work for so long. Um, you know, you hear from a lot of people like, oh, when you get married, it's, you know, going to be this incredible moment. And like the day was beautiful and it really was incredible. Yeah. But nothing inside of me shifted or mm-hmm. changed. Mm-hmm. It was, it was a beautiful day to celebrate something, to be with the love of my life and, and our families and stuff. Um, but it's like this huge thing that people talk about. And when it comes down to it, I'm like, we're still just us. Yeah. Just in our house and, and it's still all good. And like now we have these like cool rings and right. whatever else, but it's not this huge, even like getting like some stuff from my registry that I had been dreaming about for a long time, right. I still feel the same. I'm still the same person. And, and thank God I know this now. Yes. Yes. You know? So it was just kind of a moment of gratitude for me yes. um, of just being thankful for doing, for doing the work. Um, something that I hear you talk about sometimes, and you've mentioned it 
a little bit uh, now is manifestation. Mm-hmm. And this is this word again that's just thrown around a lot. Um, so I would love if you could talk to us about that, um, what your views are on it, how you think it works, yeah. Uh, because yeah, there's lots of thoughts out there. Yeah. Uh, so I would love to hear what what your thoughts are. I I 100% believe in manifestation. I will say that, but I also sometimes give like the side eye to manifestation. I'm yes, like, exactly, exactly. Yeah, but I'm, yep. I've had. A l- too much proof in my life to think that it's it's not a real thing. Um, but whether we call it manifestation or not, like whatever you call it, I think manifestation is about the art of letting go and trusting the process and the journey. Um, I think for me, manifestation is, I mean, you can proclaim exactly what you want, right? You can proclaim it. Um, but then the next step is the hardest step. And it's the step that I don't think we talk about enough is that you have to live in the energy of already having that thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. So, you know, when I, when I work on manifestation, um, and I have this workshop on manifestation, right. It's so easy for us. Actually, sometimes one of the biggest things is literally writing down exactly what you want. Yes. Right. Totally. Because I think with, if we're not clear on what it is that we want, And we don't have to be hundred percent clear, but it's like, I I want like a man. Okay. Well, or I want a husband. It's like, okay, well let's, let's get a bit more clear. Like, and for me, it's, it's not so much maybe the specifics of what it looks like, but what it feels like. So what does it feel like? What is being with this man, being with this husband? Tell me all the feelings. What do you feel like? What do you feel like when you're with him? Okay. That to me is a much more clear thing. And then the second thing is, is really letting go of it and living in the energy that it already is there. Mm -hmm. And I think that manifestation, whether it's real or whether it's not real, if you're really doing that, when you take action, you know, let's say you want a husband, when you go on Tinder, you're going on Tinder with the attitude and the energy of, I'm going to meet this guy. I'm open to this, Mm -hmm. which is a totally different energy than like, of like going on Tinder and being like, I mean, I don't know, like what guys are like, guys, I can't trust them, whatever. Like, ugh, look at this guy. Ugh, look at that. Guy. And it's like, with that energy, I don't think that you can really attract the people and the things that you want, whether that's the law of the universe or whatever. But like that we can, you, you know, all of us have had an experience with a person where we're like, this person's just not my person simply based on their energy. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that's the hardest part of manifestation is, is living in the energy of already having that thing and then taking inspired action towards that thing. Mm-hmm. And also it's like, it's many different things, right? It's taking inspired action and knowing that also you don't know the timing or how that thing will happen. Hmm. We, so the control freaks love that, including me. Right. And so that's, why, that's why like, it's like manifestation isn't simply like putting things into the world. Like for instance, um, I mean this, the story of like, for instance, my group of girlfriends right now is amazing. But two years ago I put an intention onto the universe and I said, universe, I want to be in a community of women who are either on my level or at the next stage or whatever people who really challenge, inspire and support me. And I looked around at some of the women and I swear to God, I'm friends with those women now. Mm, I am friends with some of the women that I used to look up to in Instagram. It's, it's incredible. And, um, and that's because I believed in that energy. I put the intention out there, but then I started like liking their posts. I would go into their DMs and be like, hey, you're going to be at this event. Can we go get coffee? And because I was in the energy of that they're going to want to be my friend, I didn't feel weird. I mean, yes, it felt a little weird, but like I did it with absolute confidence and a positive intent. Mm. So it shifted everything. You know, that's a very like small example, but, but yeah, I absolutely believe in manifestation. Um, do I believe I'm going to get a billion dollars? I don't know, but it's also something that's not, not really on my like thing. I feel like that's the problem with manifestation is so many people focus it on like money and material things. And I think those things are great. And I do believe people can manifest those things, but that's not really, that's not what I really desire in life right now. Yes. And I totally agree with everything that you just said. And I sort of mirror all those sentiments. And I think sometimes too, it can even be hard for us to say what we want. Yes. 
Yeah. Like, who am I to want this new community of friends? Or who am I to want these coaching clients or a husband or yes. or whatever it is? So what's happening with that when we are like right. scared and fearful and we hold our like nobody's listening to that when we are saying that. So like why is it hard for us to like proclaim like I want this thing and I freaking deserve it? Because one, I mean, so many reasons, but I think for me, like, I remember with my husband, like writing my, like when someone was like, you got to get specific, get more specific. You know, I was working with a coach and I was like, ah, like mm-hmm. I can't get more specific yes, because yes. there's a part of you that believes it's not real. Mm. There's a part of you that is so scared. It's so scared that if I put this out into the world and it doesn't happen, that's even more painful Yes. than, you know, like me, it's like. So there is a part of you that just thinks like, oh gosh, if I really actually acknowledge this desire and this want, and if it doesn't happen, I don't know if I can deal with that pain. Mm, Right. But, but what I say to that is it is just as painful denying yourself of what you truly desire. Mm, Such a great point. Right. Such an amazing point. It's it's a different point. And it's sorry, it's a different pain and it manifests itself in different ways whether it's acknowledged or not acknowledged, but it is just as painful not proclaiming that you want this man who is X, Y, and Z, you know, it's just Mm -hmm. as painful. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And I hear that from so many of my clients too, like, you know, that they maybe want to wear something that's out of their comfort zone or they want to set a boundary even like that might be the thing that they really, really want. And it could be years before they actually, you know, and I, and I deal with these things too, like, you know, having almost like being, having dishonesty in my life by being a people pleaser, Mm. you know, which is, which can be dishonest or not saying how I truly feel. Like we're getting into kind of another thing right now, but like, that is something that I deal with sometimes is like having to go from always being like nice, you know, having, knowing that I'm not an, I'm not not a kind person if I say what I need yes, and if I say what I want. So why, why is it so hard for us to say the things that, that would make us feel more comfortable in our skin, even at the disappointment or the, um, yeah, the disappointment of, of other people around us? I mean, oh gosh, like we're talking boundaries. And I yes. think, I think one of the things that we don't talk about enough with boundaries is setting a boundary is actually just as uncomfortable for you as it is for the other person. Yes. Yes. It is so difficult and uncomfortable. And in, in that moment, it, it is easier to just give in, mm-hmm. right? It's easier to just appease someone, um, and so I think that is, that is one of the big things it's, it's getting like, so for instance, an example, the other day, um, I'm in- incredibly busy right now, a lot going on. And I get a lot of requests from people to help me with their business. Like, oh, could we just, you know, grab a coffee and, and, and talk about like your business and, you know, there's, it to pick was your so, brain. To pick my brain, right? Yes, yes. Can I pick yes, your brain? Yes. And at the beginning of, of my work, I'd be like, yes, of course. Yes. And then I'd go and, and while I love connecting with people, I, you know, I would be kind of my energy and my time and all of those things. It was just, those are my most valuable resource. Right. Mm-hmm. And I want to be spending those things on people who I know and who, who, who know me and who fill me up with energy and joy. And so, Oh God, it was the hardest response I've ever written. But I was like, you know, I would love to chat, but this is how much I charge for a business consult. Mm. And the thought in my head was, can I use a swear word on this podcast? Yes, yes, yes. I was like, you are such a selfish bitch. Yeah, yeah. You're being such a selfish bitch right now. This person is, is literally emailing you for your help. They just want to know how to do this thing. And it's literally like sitting with that thought and being like, am I a selfish bitch? Okay, no, I know I'm not a selfish bitch. Like, and, and so that happens. So, and that's really uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. It's really, it's not easy to set boundaries. And the more we do it and the more we see that certain people will respond negatively, okay, but certain people won't. They'll be like, okay, cool. I get it. Yeah, I can't afford that right now. But when I, you know, and, and it's just, it's just that level of trust that the, the more boundaries I set, I seem to feel better it's a little uncomfortable at first, but then the things that I really need in my life are there. 
but it's so hard. It's so hard. So and, hard. and something, and I get those too. And I would be so happy. I'm like, Ooh, people want to like ask me stuff. Like that's amazing. And I, and I would feel very generous. Yes. Um, but once I realized that I was doing my paying clients a disservice by, yes. you know, by, uh, and I had a coach tell me that one time too, when I was sort of like wrestling with this for a long time. And she was like, you know, you're actually doing your current clients a disservice. Wow. We're that's such a great reframe. Yes. That's We're actually paying you and, and you're giving someone else the service for free. And also, and, no, sorry, sorry. Go on, go on. No. sorry. I also, I also think, um, you know, that we show up more fully and better when we, and, and the person will then take the action that they need to when they're yes. putting the money down, uh, to have that, you know, that advice to then take action on it. Yes. No, and another thing that I've been really, uh, thinking a lot about is that people are allowed to test our boundaries. Yes. Like people are allowed to do whatever they want to do. Because I think a lot of the times when those things happen, you're like, well, they should know better. Why are they doing this? Like, you know, and it's like when now I've been really just, when someone does something that really hurts me or makes me feel a certain way, I just say, you know, that person is allowed to say that. They're allowed to write that email. They're allowed to do that. And I, in, in, as a nurturing, kind person to myself, I have permission and I am allowed to respond the way that is best for me. Mm, that's, and that's yeah. been helpful. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, because honestly, sometimes people don't know yeah, that, exactly. that, they, that we charge for that, you know, yes. Um, yes. which is interesting. Um, before we get to the quick fire, because we've already been going 45 minutes, which I can't believe it. Um, it doesn't feel like it at all. Um, <laughs> but I would love if you could talk about investing in yourself because, you know, I see you as just such a joyful, um, wholehearted person who is just, I can tell that you've like done a lot of work and on yourself and had a lot of growth. And I pride myself on doing the same thing. And I like to surround myself with people who are doing that as well. Uh, because there's a certain thing that happens when you invest in yourself. And I've heard yes. you talk about your coach, um, and I'm, once I started, you know, investing and in business coaches and mentors and stuff, like my life totally changed. Yes. Um, even in nutrition coaches and people that helped me with, um, with that, um, now it's like, I won't ever stop, you know, it's yes. like, I always have to have it. So I would love if you could talk about the changes that happen with investing in yourself and why it's yes. so hard for us to take that initial step because I would like wanted yep. to vomit when I first, <laughs> when yes. I first hired my first mentor, I was like, what am I doing? This is so bad. But it was, it ended up being incredible. Right. So I recently actually sent an email out to my email list about this. Um, the very first coach I worked with, which was only in 2014. Um, I remember when she told me the cost and what the deposit was. I was like, what, what the heck is this? Yeah. And especially it's coaching, right? I'm like, yes. this isn't, you're not a doctor. Yes. You're not a, yes. Like, what am I paying you for? What is this? So, but, but something inside me was like, was like, put that deposit down. I remember when I put the deposit down, I was overcome with the worst case of buyer's remorse ever. Um, and you know, it was just all these thoughts of like, oh my gosh, this is so expensive. And, you know, thinking about it now, like the amount of money I dropped for that deposit was, I probably dropped that amount at an H&M or Target, you know, yeah. on, on thinking, no problem. I was, right. No problem. Inadvertently thinking I was treating myself, whatever. That was my idea of taking care of myself. Right. Um, but, but in this case, it was like this much money really solely focused just on me. And I kept thinking, is this worth it? Is this worth it? And really the question should have been, am I worth it? Oh, yes. Right? Yes, yes. Like that's what was underneath all of it because I didn't think I was worth that investment of time mm -hmm. and money. Mm-hmm. Right? So, and, yes, totally. You know, and, and, you know, I already put the deposit down. So I was like, well, okay, I can't get a refund. So let's try this out. And just like you, that experience taught me that every time I invest money in myself, every time the value that I get back is like triple, quadruple, 10 times more. And by value, it may not be money exactly, but experiences, growth, development, community, whatever that may be. And, you know, since that time, I have consistently invested in myself and I have seen 
amazing things, you know, happen in my life. And I will say this, the coach that I work with then, I would not want to work with her now. I would not. She's not the coach for me. And even at the time, there were certain things that I was like, I don't know if I start like this. And now we'll coach myself. I'm like, nope, I did that. Nope, that was not okay. (laughs) Uh But, but that experience ignited my life. It ignited me. So I would say this as well, even an experience that's so-so is still going to create massive shifts in your life, massive shifts in your life. When you start taking yourself that seriously to put that much money down on yourself, things happen. And and again, when we talk about manifestation in manifestation, you know, they say like, when you do those things, the universe responds. Yes. And I've seen that, like literally a lot of coaches will say this and I, and I, I have experienced myself with clients and myself, you will contact a coach or you will put money for a deposit and you'll get 10 more clients. You haven't even done anything, but something has shifted within you and your belief. Like just so Yes, investing in yourself, terrifying. Um, the price tag is is going to feel uncomfortable. It should feel uncomfortable because growth is discomfort. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's that's where all the magic and beauty is. Yeah, it really is. And you know, I you know I've gone through so many similar things that of what you've talked about. And my friend uh, Tina Moore, you know, because she has <clears throat> she's a naturopath and a chiropractor, and she talks about. Uh, or she has a mastermind, um, and people sometimes tell her, oh my God, it's so expensive. And she said such an amazing thing that I'll always remember. Uh, She says that she tells her clients, you're worth it, I'm worth it, and that's the price. I love that. You know, like we're both worth it. And it is, like I don't think that I would have had this growth had I not like put that money down which is so interesting. And speaking about manifestation, like I feel like a big nuance in um, manifest, or that's kind of an oxymoron, but a nuance in manifestation is willing something, like forcing and like just trying so hard versus being willing and showing willingness, you know? So like the will versus the willingness. And I feel like I have this board here at my house where I write everything down over there, but I'm like, sometimes I just write down, like, these are the things that I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to show up. Yeah. Like meet me, Yeah. you know, meet me where, where I need to be met. Cause there's only, only so much we can do, but as control freaks, as action takers, we're like, let's just force this like as much as we can. But I really think that in the letting go and the trust yes. that happens with all of this stuff that we're talking about, um, yes. It, it can really create something really magical, yeah. uh, whatever that means for you, um, exactly. you know, in so many different aspects. But um, I'm going to go ahead and ask you some quick fire okay. questions. Um, here on the podcast, we're huge readers. So are there any books that have just made a big impact on you that, that you wanted to share? Yes. Um, so a bunch that I recommend and they're on my reading list for my group coaching program um, is Love is Letting Go of Fear. Which is this mm-hmm. tiny little book, but it's transformational. Um, it's uh, The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. Oh, I love it. Love. Yes. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. Another one is um, Tara Brock, Radical Acceptance. So good. Oh, yes. my gosh. Yes. Those books, I mean, there's so many more, but those books um, really shifted how I see the world. And they're very, for me, they're very approachable and you can understand them because I feel like some books within that genre, um, you need a little bit of understanding yes. to un- fully get it, you know? Yeah. Um, but those ones I think are so accessible, so well-written and so relatable on so many levels. Yeah. Very easy to read, not like yeah. dense yes. and you're like, oh my God, like, you know, your eyes are yes. just like glazing as yes. you see them. They, they read very easily. And, and yes. I, the second two that you mentioned, I know the first one now I'm excited to go to go yeah, look it's, for it's, it. It's, super corny book. It has these yes. like illustrations from like the seventies. Uh-huh. Um, but it's actually, it, love is letting go of fear is actually, um, it's really a book on manifestation and a course in miracles. Oh, I love it. Yeah. It's like my favorite, but yes. that's like, I'll never get through that book. That book is... so it's, it's like, the t- I think it's like 10 principles or 11, eight principles and you don't know it, but they're actually from a course in miracles. And it's mm. like just the eight most important ones. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Cause I've been reading the course in miracles since like 2012. <laughs> Talk I'll me never. too. Oh my yeah. God, talk about dense. I'm like, yes, I know. Yeah. I know. And that book was apparently channeled too, which is, which is crazy. Wow. Um, 
the next question is purely selfish. And I ask everybody this, um, if you were on death row, what would be your last meal? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I am Iranian. Mm -hmm. So for me, it would be, um, an Iranian dish. Actually, I'm making it tomorrow for dinner. Um, it's called tachin. And it, we have in Iran, we have um, this thing called tadig and tadig is like the bottom of the rice pot. We put all like the butter and the rice and the butter caramelize. And this dish tachin is just, it's just that it's pretty much that. And like, it's like the crispy, the crispy rice. rice. Oh, oh my God. So simple. So so good. good. Yes. Yes. That would be like, that would be pretty amazing. Yeah. That would be perfect. I love that. I love asking people this question because you just get such a, a glimpse into like how they grew up because food is so nist- has so much nostalgia, memories, yes. and love. So yes. I just love hearing the differences of everybody's, uh, you know, some people like breakfast food, some people right. just want like a steak or whatever. Right. Um, so I just love seeing the variety of foods that, that we hear. Yes. Um, the last question that I ask is, and this is kind of a big question too, but you can keep it pretty simple. Um, here on the podcast, we talk a lot about spirituality and sort of like what is happening in, in life and, yeah. and in the world and in terms of like seeing or maybe being guided by something or uh, seeing the universe out there or God or whatever it is. Um, so what are your views uh, and your perspective? on sort of just like what's going on and, and why we're here? Oh my gosh. I mean, I think we enjoy life. Yes. Yes. I think that this is the mission and that is the purpose. And I think enjoyment, each of us looks so different, you know? And so, um, what I enjoy isn't what you enjoy. And I think our work should be, um, an extension of enjoyment, um, our personal relationships, it's all about enjoying. And so I think when enjoyment and being in joy is part of the process, that I think that's what this is all about. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I love that. That's like one of the best answers I've gotten on here. Cause it's just like so succinct and simple. Um, and you know, I am somebody who like goes outside and like sees a butterfly and is like, wow, it's like another form of life. You know what I mean? But then just going, going, getting really, really simple and just thinking like, all I have to do is enjoy myself. Yeah. And it can be anything that you want to do. That's just such an accessible and awesome answer. But, um, of course, um, I've had so much fun talking to you and it's been an hour. I'm like, can we do like a part two? I know. No, we will for sure. (laughs) We will for sure do a part two. Um, but that really went by super, super fast. Super fast. Um, let us know what you have going on right now and if people want to get in touch with you where they can find you online. Yeah. So online, you can find me on Instagram at wholehearted coaching um, and on wholehearted coach and my website wholehearted.com. And I actually, my group program starting in June. Um, Registration ends May 15th and there's an early bird uh, until April 24th, which is coming up. Um, But it is six months of mindset, mindfulness and manifestation work with me. And it's the last offering of this year. So um, if people are interested in working with me, uh, this is it. Um, And if that's something you're interested in, you can book a consult, you can talk to me. Um, Because yeah, I get it. People are like, what is coaching? Like, what are we going to do. So I get it. If you want to chat, I would love to. Yes. And definitely get in touch with Sharon if you are interested in that. And we will put all the information in the show notes too. So people will be able to easily find you, but I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with us today and giving us such lovely energy. And I just felt so much like joy and hope. And the fact that like, we don't have to make things complicated. That's what I really love about your work that like, we can just kind of be present and take things as they come because I tend to be like kind of a big warrior and like, Oh my God, like I tend to freak out a lot. Like, you know, I mean, not a lot, a lot, but like, I just have my moments, you know? Yeah. Um, But I also think, which is beautiful about this work too, is like we do the work that we need to learn. Yes. And I was going to say that I'm definitely, um, I, I, 
preach and teach what I need to learn the most. I am also a worrier, um, but I'm also a really joyful person. And yes, so it's yes. been leaning into that joy and finding simple ways to do that. Um, and I always, you know, this work is heavy enough. So yeah. for me, it's all about bringing the fun and the lightheartedness to it. So when we do have to get deep and when we do have to cry, um, there's a lot of balance there. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah, thank you for reflecting that back to me. It means so much. Oh, it's my pleasure. And I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Me too. Thank you so much for listening to Heart Food Podcast. To find the show notes for this episode, visit ashleypardo.com. Follow Ashley on social media at Ashley K. Pardo. If you enjoy the show, please share it with your family and friends. And give us some love by subscribing and leaving a five-star rating and review on iTunes.